welcome to James Bond and friends. Uh, James Bond is busy this week, uh, clearing his diary out for November. Um, so I'm your fill-in host, and I'm still alive, James Page from MI6HQ.com. Um, I'm shortly going to be taking a trip to Cuba for some gene therapy to change my appearance <laughs> for November. Um, this is our first anniversary of the podcast. A uh, year has just absolutely flown by. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined by our most regular contributors for this episode, with the exception of Paul Atkinson, my partner in crime at MI6, who is on vacation this weekend. So I'd like to introduce Calvin Dyson, David Lee, Joseph Darlington, Ben Williams, and Bill Koenig. Would you like to introduce yourself, guys? This is Calvin Dyson of the uh, Calvin Dyson YouTube channel, where I look at uh, everything related to Bond, from films to books to games, uh, and review them all. It's David Lee here. I run the JamesBondDossier.com, and uh, well, you can take a pot shot of me later. <laughs> uh, Joe Darlington, head of section over at Being James Bond. Hi, this is Ben Williams, uh, a regular contributor to MI6HQ.com and uh, MI6 Confidential Magazine. Um, I am losing a lot of Twitter followers this week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm Bill Koenig. I run a blog called The Spy Command, and I am also the keeper of the Bond 25 timeline that is now on part Yay. four. <laughs> <laughs> we did you a favor there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope you grab the URL for part five, Bill, just in case. You know, just in case. So we have a lot to talk about this week, but... Um, I actually just wanted to like look back at the year first because it's been a crazy year before we get onto the events of this week. Um, and for everybody listening, I don't know if you follow us on Twitter. If you don't, you won't know this, but um, we crossed 100,000 listeners um, last week, which Woo-hoo. is amazing. <laughs> and um, in between the reading the death threats, I added up um, all the times that we've done this podcast. And if you listen to all of our podcasts we've done this year from start to finish, we're about an hour short of the official James Bond franchise at 51 hours and 28 minutes or something. Yeah. How long so it took this... them to get there? Yeah, right. I know, right? It's like we're so much more productive. Um, which, will, which will be doubled when the uh, No Time to Die comes. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. I just wanted to run through, if, if, you, if you're new to listening to us, we, we've managed to have a few um interesting predictions and guesses and leaks that have come true in the year to date um i think david wins the award for actually guessing the title of the film a month before it came out yeah (laughs) do you want to tell that story david to recap for everybody okay well back in july and uh i I had a lot going on in july and uh, i I spent a few days with very, very little sleep and I I was just trying to keep myself amused with something and I was just thinking about uh, music uh, for the Bond film and uh, a title for the Bond Bond film and um, I decided that one of my favourite bands, Sisters of Mercy, they could could change the title of No, No Time to Cry to No Time to Die and then we have a Bond film and... We have a cheap uh, uh, theme tune as well. So that was it. 
yeah and then a few weeks later surprise yeah yeah, it yeah. Was no time so, for time. yeah that, that was a, a bit of a surprise yes i uh, couldn't believe it when he announced that but uh, well, there you go <laughs> i I, would, I wouldn't quite say i predicted it but uh, i did mention it on this podcast uh, back in oh, it's close enough it's close yeah. enough don't, <laughs> okay. don't, don't, don't no you it, you are the man you got it it goes to you yeah. One one of the other big ones was Mark, who can't join us tonight, unfortunately. Um, like a month before it was announced, we were talking about which writers we might want on Bond twenty six, and he suggested Phoebe Waller Bridge. He he was he he was going all out for, for to get her involved. He was talking, I think, Bond twenty six yes. at that stage, yeah. and, and uh, but then it was like uh, a few weeks afterwards, she was on on. Uh, Bond 25, as it was then. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Um, Some other things we've dropped. Norway, Cuba being used, um, having the longest pre-title sequence in the franchise. Um, I jokingly said that Madeline's mum should be in the film. Um, (laughs) Spoilers. I predicted Um, a lack of socks. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I incorrectly predicted the death of Funko Pops uh, based on some bad intel we were given, but uh, it seems that that's finished now, thankfully, anyway. Um, Much to the chagrin of many people. Um, (laughs) And way back in the beginning, the very first episode, we had our own bit of drama going on, uh, which was an unexpected birth. Kind of. Yeah, we we did it. We, we've never actually talked about it on this podcast, but I I know that you mentioned it when you were on being James Bond, and um, it was that ninety minutes before uh, I was due to sit down with you guys for the first ever episode, my wife and I were out walking our dog, and we found uh, some literally our old puppies with their mother in some bushes. So uh, it was a, a mad scramble to uh, get back home, get the car, get the puppies loaded up with mother as well. We weren't going to leave her behind. Um, we stuck them in our spare room. And while we were actually recording that first episode, the vet <laughs> came around to check on them and everything. And they're all now adopted by happy families. <laughs> They have all been adopted, yet one of them is um, a family just at the back of us. And so uh, when my wife is working at home, which is most days, she can look out her window and very often uh, one of the puppies is in the garden that we look on. Excellent. So, yeah, it's good. So the podcast puppies, as we call them. (laughs) Um, The podcast puppies, yeah. We are the only James Bond podcast that has some official puppies, (laughs) I think. Did you name them after us? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, one of them's called Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favourite things that also happened, which was a disaster that turned into something just amusing, and somehow we got away with it, was the day that Comcast put a shovel through Bill's cable. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah. And yeah. If you if you ever listen to the episode, poor Bill Fairbanks, um, Bill was originally in that episode. Um, but we lost all of his recording because Comcast chopped his internet off right at the end. So we had to, we had to we had to re we had to re-edit the episode without Bill in it and 
to and the point any, where and any reference to him and any <laughs> reference to Bill, except. <laughs> but the, the, the funny thing was on the on the Saturday, I got this kind of panicked message from James saying, "We've lost Bill. <laughs> <laughs> how, how am I going to tell him?" Um, the thing is, though, if you listen to that very carefully, you can hear little bits of my laughter when everybody's laughing at a joke or something. Right. So it's like from from the echo and somebody else's recording. Right. So it's yeah. just like I'm like this. Uh, it's a pun spectral presence on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, but I, I remember that uh, recording that. Well, it kind of sticks in the mind a bit because of that. But um, it was a really, really fun episode to record. And I think uh, many of the best jokes actually got cut out. Yes, yeah. it, it was built. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, you should have been there. It was funny at the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. it, it wasn't funny in the edit room. Not to imagine. Oh. <laughs> it certainly wasn't funny at my end. <laughs> so the moral of the story is answer the doorbell uh, during yeah. the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, um, well, you know, since it's our first anniversary, there was a rumor that, oh, wait a minute, gotta get this, just a second. Uh, hello, um, uh, Bill, this is Michael G. Wilson. Well, hello, sir. How's it going? Yes, I, I heard uh, it's the first anniversary of James Bond in France. Is this right? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, well, I just wanted to say it's uh, it's one of my favorite podcasts. I, I, I can't say it's my favorite, you know, because I, I want to appear impartial, but uh, um, just tell the lads to, uh, to uh, keep going. Yes. Oh, by the way, there were a couple things happened this week. Can I ask you about them? What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm not hearing anything now in my head. I I, I have to go now. Uh, goodbye. Oh, well, it's, unc- it's, it's uncanny. It's like he's <laughs> here in the room with us. I uh, yeah, I, I had that hotline installed. Uh, you know, try and the answer Michael, it the Michael G. Wilson hotline. Yeah. yeah. Red telephone. I, I bought it used, but uh, got a good price for it. <laughs> so, David, speaking of favorite episodes, um, something we talked about like during the week, looking back at the year, is there any that yes. stick out in your mind before we get onto the events of the week? Um, go for the survey says one, which was it, it was very very fun to to record. It was the. Um, uh, the quiz one that we did in two teams, and uh, due to a bit of a fix, uh, we actually <laughs> lost Bill and I. Yeah, uh, that, that 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 was uh, it, it was um, a completely different style of episode from what we normally do, uh, but great fun to record, and I think the result uh, was good. I learned something from that uh, that episode, <laughs> which is. Um, I the, the decisive question I was answering in essentially like a Mr. Spock where you know approaching it logically and factually whereupon you know it's based on a survey and most people are like Captain Kirk they answer in an emotional stage and you know it's so of course it was the clown suit and I should have realized that and I'm still kicking myself over it but with your big clown shoes <laughs> <laughs> What was on your list, Bill? Uh, I liked the uh, we we came up with ideas for a new shaken and stirred album, and uh, that was also a lot of fun. I remember that was David's idea, and at one point I said, "I'm not sure I should participate, David. I don't know. I'm not really up on popular singers." He said, "Oh, go on, go ahead." 
Um, admittedly, my two suggestions were a little um, off the beaten track. I had suggested uh, Tony Bennett singing Goldfinger, but not like uh, Shirley Bassey, but more like uh, Anthony Newley's uh, demo arrangement, which I actually still think has some possibilities. And I also had suggested Hugh Jackman singing Thunderball, which was, uh, and uh, it was funny because like Warren Riggum was on that, of course, was on that episode. And after we had covered that, that idea, he said, well, this is becoming quite the eclectic album. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That that was always the idea. That's what, that's why I said you you had to be on it because it, uh, it it wasn't about uh, whether it uh, all fitted together well. It was it, it was um, more if it if it did have that, that eclectic feel because it was different people with different musical tastes. I thought that that was the way to go. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, we had to come in with three choices, but we only had enough time to go through two, so we never did get you know talk about Part our- two this year. We've got plenty of time to do it now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to that third. I, it's uh, I think it's a really interesting idea and offbeat. We'll get the to dirty, it in good time. The dirty third. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'd say there's quite a few to pick from. That was, uh, uh, it was. There was some. Uh, the the family feuds was fantastic. Uh, um, as as was the the musical one. Um, and I've enjoyed doing a couple of the ones where we've looked at characters like um, Money Penny and um, the relationship with uh, Felix Leiter. But I think. Um, I'm probably going to go with the, the dirty F word uh, where we first had Lisa, Dr. Lisa Funnel come on and we discussed um, feminism and gender um, within the Bond yeah. films. And I think that was, it, you know, it can get a little dry with just a, a few, few boys talking about Bond. So it was nice to kind of really open that up and explore um, another, another side to the Bond films. And also, uh, who, did. who knew how competitive she was until the Family Feud episode? She really wanted to win. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. That's why I picked up on my team. true. Calvin <laughs> <laughs> or Joe, do you want to shout one out? Uh, I'll jump in and just say I really love the uh, Family Feud episodes. And quite frankly, uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of others that I, you know, come to mind. But I, I feel like in light of the uh, modern the climate I think we need a couple more of those for some laughs. Right. Some levity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Ben, actually. Like, uh, Lisa, like, I've still never been on one of these when Lisa's actually on, so I'd, I'd love to be on with her uh, at some point. But certainly the first one that she was on, I can't remember what it was called. Um, but, yeah, just really um, interesting to hear a perspective that probably don't hear all that much uh, on, on the various Bond um, influencer circuit. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciated that. Also, like, uh, the last one that I was on where we talked about all the times that James Bond had died, I thought that was a really uh, fun <laughs> discussion. That's right, surprisingly high amount. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, pivoting from high death rates to another topic this week, um, <laughs> unless you've been under a rock... Uh, it's probably a good, a good place to be right now, especially if you're me or David. Um, we made a bit, made a bit of news, kind of accidentally, didn't we? Um, Just a bit. So we've been relatively quiet about it since, uh, for obvious reasons. I think a lot of um, emotions have tampered down a little bit since Wednesday. Um, 
I don't know, David, do you want to give the background to like how we how this started a week ago? Okay, well, it, it yeah, it really began uh, about well, it, I think it was it was Monday, the Monday before last. So it's like twelve days ago, something like that. And James and I were just um, talking about the premiere and how we were slightly worried about the coronavirus um, after. It had just hit, hit Italy, and um, if you look at wherever it strikes, it starts very, very low numbers. You can't really tell what's going on as it you, as you've just got you know one or two, three, four. But um, once it hits exponential growth, it means basically um, it multiplies by a factor of ten every week, and uh, so. I was thinking it's just um, it's sp- just spreading from Italy. It had hit Spain. I can't remember if there are any cases in the UK at that stage, but I, I could see that it was going to make its way to the UK. And um, the my my projections for the end of March were looking uh, pretty bad, like. Um, maybe 10,000 or, or something like that, I, I would say by that time, and that may, that may be well off, and I hope uh, I'm wrong. And so I said I was thinking about not going to the premiere. And um, uh, then I think it was the, the following day, we had some cases in Barcelona. So uh, I said, nah, I'm, I'm not going because it, it's about to kick yeah. off. And uh, that's that. Those were the um, original the seed, uh, conversations, the seeds which, of doom, which were just one to one. Yeah, and uh, we we also started discussing discussing it a bit more widely within uh, the the group here, and um, and 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 uh, and I, I, I was saying that I, I I thought that that there was a good chance that the premier wouldn't go ahead anyway, and uh, so that. Now, those were the seeds of it, I think. What, 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 do, you, what do you think, I think James? so. And then we had a conversation, didn't we, on Friday, last Friday, where um, – because um, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm based in Washington State, and uh, that's, that's when it kicked off here, um, was last Friday, when we had the first cases here. And the the situation here is, is, is pretty awful in terms of infrastructure compared to, like, South Korean places. So <laughs> believe it or not, in terms of diagnostics. So um, – yeah, I, don't know. I, 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 I should add that I, I live I live in a pretty remote place, and um, it, it so it, it kind of didn't make sense to go to first to Barcelona, uh, go through Barcelona, the airport where you've got lots of travellers going through, and whatever London airport I arrived at and into London, and uh, it, that that kind of didn't make any sense to me when I could just stay at home, and it, it my, my fear wasn't just um, being infected. The the other fear was that uh, they would start to quarantine people, and, and I'd be locked in a quarantine in the UK or in a quarantine in Barcelona and unable to get home. Which yeah. uh, I don't I don't mind being quarantined at home, but I don't want to be stuck somewhere else. That's right. So anyway, so long story short, we drafted the uh, open the now infamous open letter over the weekend and um, put it out Sunday night. West Coast US time and and went to bed. I went to bed, <laughs> um, yeah. not expecting 
the Hollywood Reporter to pick it up first thing Monday morning. Um, and from there, it, it, the, we can't avoid by saying that it went viral. Ironically, mm. yeah, 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 and, and uh, oh, yeah, and it, we, it's we, we ex- not... exponential growth for you people. That's how that works. Well, Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've already told uh, uh, James and David about this anecdote, but uh, they had given me a heads up Sunday night. I was actually going to bed, and um, I just like okay, um, and then I the only feedback I had was well, remember the Geneva Motor Show got canceled because Switzerland had banned gatherings of a thousand or more. And for those who aren't familiar with it, the Geneva Motor Show is like one of the major events on the auto industry calendar every year, and uh, it's a big deal for it to be canceled. So I mentioned, well, you know, if you want to cite an example, here you go. And then I went to bed. And then in the middle of the night, I got up. I said, oh, he moved it out like right then. And, and I was seeing like it was already getting reaction on social media. So as soon as I got up in the morning, I quickly wrote a post about the, the open letter. Then later in the week, I was telling my wife about how it had gone viral. And she said, well, who was the first to report about it? Well, I said, well, technically I was. And they said, and then she said, no, I mean, a real outlet. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, dear. Um, appreciate that. Uh, I said, well, and on that basis, it was the Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> so, well, I, I think um, I think we'd all been um, sort of talking about it um, on our on our group a little bit, and um, and because James and I are both coming from the states as well, I think James and I sort of touched on. Um, the logistics of it and tentatively kind of said what would happen if, um, if, if we didn't go. Um, and I think, um, I think, uh, James was saying, um, that he, he, he came down to, um, uh, to Los Angeles. Um, he was only going to be in town for the day and he was having some oh, meetings. Oh, down there last Friday for the day. Yeah. So that's, you know, it was because we were kind of saying, oh, well, we maybe we might, possibly meet up but we couldn't um i think the, the the upshot of that was that you'd had some had some conversations with some people there as well who'd sort of said that um yeah it was I, it was looking I, on friday i met with a couple of mid-tier kind of movie studios and um just for professional reasons and and they were suspecting that the um the the major distributors might move some things around because of the asian box office um Disney had already pulled Mulan by that point from China, which was their you know second biggest territory or biggest territory for that movie, depending on how it goes. So the the tea leaves were there that people were thinking about it. Mm. But the thing that might not people might not know is well on Monday when the Hollywood Reporter broke the news, um, they contacted us afterwards after they ran it, like not like can you give us a comment or something. It was like after they published it, saying oh by the way one of our reporters interviewed Barbara Broccoli on the 26th of February, which was, what was that Thursday last week or something? Mm. And, um, she was reportedly, and I can only go on what they're saying because I don't have any first, um, person evidence of this, but they said when asked about it on the 26th of February, she was adamant they were going to keep the date. Mm. That obviously shifted between the 26th and this Wednesday. Um, so whether pressure from the, the studios had a different calculation to Eon, MGM and Universal might have been doing the number crunching about the box office. 
separately and you know separately to eon and um at the end of the day it's the distributor that probably calls the shots on this one mm. <clears throat> so yeah yeah i think um we, a lot of people have talked about it um from um uh, from there's obviously it's a it's a two-pronged reason one being a, a health concern and, and another one being a financial one um and i think um for the majority of us, we've all been leaning heavily into the kind of the um, the health aspect of it, and obviously trying to um, mitigate uh, that as much as possible. But um, you know, looking at the numbers, um, it does also make a lot of financial sense for for it to have been been shifted. Um, and the response of people sort of saying, oh, "You know, this is this is just a money grab um, by move by Eon." Um, I guess my response to that would be twofold is, um, one, yeah, they can't really afford to lose $300 million. And two, do you think they make these movies for free? You know, they, it is a for profit, um, business. And so, you know, they're going to try to make the money that they can make on it. Um, it's disappointing. I'm sure a lot of us have, um, had our plans um, kind of messed up by it, but um, that's uh, I think in terms of lives saved um, and money recouped, um, it, it's the sensible decision. So going around the table between Monday and Wednesday, who thought that they might actually push it? What was everybody's thinking before the announcement came through? I'll, I'll start by just saying I'll, I'll get get myself out of the way. Um, I, I started to strongly suspect that, that it was going to be pushed back. Um, it was probably about two days after I'd purchased my ticket and I just suddenly went, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. Um, just looking at the re reports, the news reports and everything, I just started to feel, um, that it, that it wasn't going to happen and that, that, that they would, it might be sensible to push it back. Uh, I was thinking as, you know, because as you guys said, it went viral. And by that, I mean, just to, for those who are listening, I mean, first the Hollywood reporter picked it up. And then I think that then gave all these other entertainment outlets, well, they're reporting it, we have to report it. And so they all started citing the open letter. And um, I lost count after a while of the number of people who were citing it. Um, but I was thinking at the very least, it was going to, you know, all that public attention, you know, had to have an impact. I don't think the decision to delay was because of the open letter per se, but I think the open letter in a set essentially symbolized the concern about the coronavirus. Um, there were, um, just to pick up on something Ben said, so in, there are two stories I'm aware of. Last night, the Hollywood Reporter did a story about the calculation was if they pressed ahead with the April opening, they stood to lose, you know, knock off 300 million off the, the gross of the movie because China is, you know, the, the theaters are closed. There's been major disruptions in uh, Japan and South Korea. That's a very big region. Uh, Bond is not as dependent on China um, box office as other franchises, but it's not, you know, but it's like, was like 5% of Skyfall and about 10% of uh, Spectres. So five to, you know, 
I tried reasoning with someone to no avail saying, you know, if your boss said, I'm going to cut your salary between five and 10%, chances are you wouldn't like it. I said, well, that's different. That doesn't, that, that doesn't apply. Like, okay, doesn't apply. Um, and again, that's one market, you know, it's a, it's a big market. So seeing that, you know, that's, uh, you know, that, that definitely caught my eye. And then another entertainment site in uh, base out of California called the Wrap, they did a story uh, just kind of looking at box office from the last two bond movies and essentially noting that bond movies get less of their box office from the U S compared to other franchises. And, you know, they really need that international box office. So in the light of that, it's understandable why they would, you know, make this call. Uh, yeah, I guess to Bill's point about uh, other uh, entertainment outlets, and I mean, my experience was not even entertainment outlets, like proper, it made proper news, like BBC News. It was one of the most uh, read articles uh, for a couple of days. And that was kind of when I sort of thought like, oh, wow, this has really blown up. And, uh, you know... It- yeah, when it when it hit BBC, Calvin, um, I got a WhatsApp from my brother <laughs> saying, "Oh, look, you're on the BBC." <laughs> yeah, and and then that's when people sort of um, started like showing me the articles. Have you heard about this? And it's like, yes, I have. I know the blokes who uh, who who did it. And then they were like, "And you're friends with them?" And I was like, "Yes, yep. yes, I am." <laughs> uh, Social distancing of a different kind. <laughs> um, in, in terms of. Uh, whether I expected them to move, I I honestly didn't think that they would. And I don't know if that just speaks to my own sort of uh, uh, aversion to change of any sort. So I, I don't tend to cope well with sudden changes. So I was just kind of like, okay, well, these plans... Are, and you, I've got it easy, like certainly out of all of us. I live in London. So, you know, even if it was me sat alone at the Albert Hall watching the film, uh, that, you know, would have been... You know, um, a possibility. Had, had, had you booked? Had had you booked your tube ticket? So his oyster up. Yeah. <laughs> so it it was a big surprise for me. Uh, I think for the reasons that you know we've already said. I think it is primarily a monetary concern. I'm sure that some accountant somewhere has, you know, two columns and the one for November was bigger than the one for April. So that's why. Obviously, there is the public health concern as well. I mean, personally, like being in London, I have not been directly affected by the virus in any way as of yet. Uh, So maybe it just hasn't quite hit home for me. I haven't had any kind of travel restrictions, um, barely seeing people on tubes in masks and that sort of thing. Um, But the number of cases is going up. Uh, We had a first couple of deaths in the UK, which is uh, very sad uh, these last couple of days. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, maybe it was the better move to move it. Uh, I think we'll only really get the full picture of whether it was right or wrong in the future. Like maybe even November won't be an appropriate uh, date to release a movie of this kind. But yeah, we will see. Joe, you should jump in here. You did two videos. I know because I embedded the first in part three of the timeline and I embedded the second in part four. Uh, what were your what were your thoughts as you know, what was your thought process? It's, it's, it's like I'm straddling time zones. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, boy. I mean, I I hit it from several angles. Like Calvin said, you know, if you're traveling, et cetera, it's a bit. 
Yeah. Uh, talk about a knotted rope to your balls uh, <laughs> to find out. Uh, I mean, I was on a personal level. Yeah, obviously, I was pretty devastated. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I had I had three countries I was planning to visit for this. Um, and yeah, just all of a sudden gone. And um, and I still haven't even decided what I'm actually going to do about it. Um, but uh, needless to say, it's going to be drastically different. Uh, yeah, but, I, you know, so I guess I come at this from two different angles, as we all do. Uh, first off, you know, was this the right move? I don't know. You know, I, I keep saying I'm not a medical expert. I just I, I, I watch the news like everybody else and I try to discern how much of a big deal this actually is. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's probably not an apples to apples to comparison to say that, you know, if I'm still 10 times more likely to be affected by the regular flu, uh, then I'm still trying to understand why I should be that concerned with this. Uh, like I said, it's still an unknown thing. It's still very new. So anyway, so I'm not, I'm really not even going to comment as to whether or not this was a good idea. I mean, I sort of say to myself, well, we would have had 6,000 people all gathering at the, um, at the premier, but those 6,000 people still would have been somewhere. Uh, you still have that many people passing through every major airport every hour. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if this was the, the best choice, but the, so the secondary part then is, okay, but what happens to the film? And again, I understand the China market. I understand that it, you can't just you can't just simply take it on the nose, as Ben said. I mean, this is a this is a very serious uh, financial decision that you know has the weight of uh, millions, potentially billions of dollars. So it's not something to be taken lightly and just say, "Well, we'll take the hit in China and keep going forward." That's true. I get that. And 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 it's not simply I won't I don't write that up as simply a matter of greed. It's not just dollars and cents. No, there are people whose time and efforts and finances will be greatly affected. So, yes, you have to take it seriously. However, I I really do question the wisdom of simply saying, well, OK, let's take this film and everything we did leading up to it, all of the hype, all of the trailers, posters, interviews, etc., and put it on the shelf and then dust it off in November and hope that everybody's going to be back on board and we can just go forward the same way we would have. I, I think there are a lot of repercussions that are that are going to come down the pike. And again, I don't have I don't I don't take any comfort saying it because I, I hate being negative and, and I will do everything I can to make sure the film is a huge success. But yeah, just between us, uh, I'm a little concerned that come November, it's it's not going to you, you, people might look back in November and say, boy, I sure wish we just took it on the on the chin in China uh, or maybe exercised other options in China. So that's kind of where I am at this point. Well, well, to, well, to to that point, specifically, we, we mentioned previous, you know, earlier in the podcast about the 1918 Spanish flu. And one reason it killed so many people was it first surfaced early in the year. Then the weather got warm. It seemed to go away. But then it came roaring back in the fall. So that's sort of a cautionary tale. Um, I mean, no two viruses are alike, obviously. And you can't say this is going to be a carbon copy of that. But that 
you know, that's, that's something to keep in the back of your head. Uh, obviously 30 to 50 million people uh, yeah. were, were oh, yeah. killed by, by Spanish flu. And the idea that something like that couldn't happen again, um, is, you know, uh, yeah, the, of course it, can. It, it, it killed more people, I believe, than, uh, the, than died in the first world war. Wow. Yeah. So it hit right at the end, uh, and uh, so and and it, it circled the world twice. So there there was a, a there was a first strike and then a second strike, and it yeah it killed a lot so, of people. So whilst we haven't seen anything like uh, the death toll uh, associated with that, we're looking at similar kind of pandemic. Um, numbers and growth and and a potentiality for a lot of fatalities so i think it's beholden on i mean i i I take joe's point that you know people are moving through airports and crowded spaces all the time um but i think we do have something of a responsibility um to 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 mitigate minimize where where we can um i'm sure that everybody listening to this podcast and um, certainly everybody involved in this podcast has made some kind of financial um, outlay already um, or at least made some plans. Um, so I can, I can, and, and, and they've certainly had, uh, they certainly had um, their hopes uh, very high. Uh, of course, we've had a substantial amount of time waiting for this. Uh, however, um, Financial aspects aside, I think it it's just comes down to um, if we if, if lives can be saved, and then, then they absolutely uh, we actually should do what we can to to do that. But I think I, I, absolutely, yeah. I think to Joe's point though about um, thinking about yeah, just putting a pause on it, releasing it seven months down the line, sort of looking more at the business side of it. I suppose I. I can't think of any other time that this has happened to as big a release as this. Obviously, films get pushed back all the time for reshoots or poor test screenings or they need to redesign a video game character in it because fans are upset on Twitter or anything like that. But I can't think of anything else quite on this scale that has been postponed because of different reasons. And I don't know... How I, I will it have to have like a completely new marketing campaign? Will we have new trailers? Will we have new posters? Will it have kind of a different look to it by the time we come around in November? I'm wondering. Can either of you, any of you, think of anything that's sort of been similar to this? Well, I cited this example, and this is not the example you want to hear about, but uh, the movie Heaven's Gate. Uh, but it had nothing to do with a disease or <laughs> pandemic. It was. Uh, was a movie like flopped and they ins- insisted on redoing it and uh, it flopped again when they redid it so like <laughs> well in 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 recent months we've got got uh, the kingsman third movie with ray fines in mm. which was inexplicably delayed weeks before they released they had the final trailer with the day and date and everything and then all of a sudden it was delayed mm. um and it's been delayed into this um chaos we're in now so i mean whether they still release it again who knows <laughs> oh god um, yeah <laughs> and the other one is um x-men the new mutants i mm, think it is yeah which was delayed because of poor test screenings and they wanted to rework it but they they delayed it to 
around about now. Yeah, I think it's April. Yeah, April third. Yeah, April so, 3rd. That's right. It, it was it to... was a it was a leftover X Men movie from the old Fox regime. Mm. It's it's not an MCU movie. It's like right. oh, and oh, I, I think with the bad screenings, they didn't want it out and stink up Avengers Endgame, did they? So mm-hmm. um, they delayed it. So I mean, who knows? And to, to your point, Bill, about and um, David about this thing might come round again. Um, nobody knows that November is going to be a better time. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, and in our open letter, we suggested the summer because, you know, uh, based on the projections of how they were containing it in China and stuff, they reckon they'll be back to full force by then. And the summer's typically a better time to do these things because viruses and pandemics and epidemics die down because of the better weather in the West and all the rest of it. So, but we, I was surprised that they went all the way to November and not the summer. Mm. But the summer, I was kind of shocked by that, yeah. The other yeah. factor is the summer's already pretty chock full of blockbusters. Mm. So, I think Joe made was- another good point, actually, in uh, your reaction video to the immediate news about piracy as well. And mm. you know, presumably there is a near-complete Bond film on some hard drive somewhere, and hopefully that's under lock and key somewhere. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I think there's probably multiple yeah. copies of it floating around. I mean, again, we're, we're not living in an age where people are lugging around large tins with reels and reels of film. <laughs> I mean, somebody can walk out of an office with the whole entire movie on a thumb drive. Mm. I mean, that's how scary and easy. I, I mean, here's a comparison, by the way. It's not again, not an apples to apples comparison, but. Right before Spectre came out, there was a Sony hack mm. and all of us had the script floating around. Uh, that's how easy that that happened. Now, again, this is not an exact comparison, but uh, boy, I mean, the, honestly, the fact that that's why I was sort of saying and I, I, you know, one of the things I was saying was that I wish they just post they pushed it forward a couple of weeks. And I know if AJ were here or anybody, he would say, well, it doesn't work that way. There are slots and you can't just. And I said, yeah, well, that's that's true. But I mean, but eight whole months, I feel like you're taking that potential problem and you're leaving yourself wide open for eight whole months for the possibility of the film leaking. And that's that's really where I really get nervous. And I say I can I can uh, understand that, Joe. Um, I definitely can understand that that, that piracy is a is a is a genuine uh, worry. Um, I used to I used to write film trailers for a living. That was my job. Um I don't know if any of you guys knew that. Um, no, I didn't we, actually. I, I, cool. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did uh, you voice them as well? Uh, I didn't, but I did have to sit in the bar. It's a shame. Going, <laughs> imagine the world. world. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and every submission would have in a world uh, as one of the as one of the submissions. You have to submit about twenty. <laughs> 20 scripts per, per, per go. Um, Amazing. What, you, you, and need I, to, you need to, you, hang on, you need to write a trailer for this podcast, Ben. <laughs> I should, in a world. Um, what, um, what, or oh, oh, the lighthearted kind of, meet Joe Darlington. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Joe was just an ordinary man. Um, what what we used and to one day yeah. the world was turned upside down. <laughs> exactly, and and that's exactly what, what, what I I would I would write those 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 bits of dialogue for for movies uh, trailers. And to Joe's point, um, I would get this. I was I did I worked from home, and I would get the uh, DVDs for these movies, um, 
you know, bike couriered over to me. Um, and they would have, they would be time indexed and everything. So I could, you know, work with the, the editor on it. Um, but essentially I've got copies of films. Um, okay. Some of them were, didn't have, um, uh, full effects finished or anything on them yet, but they were, they were essentially the, the finished movie. Um, and as a freelancer, I should point out, um, these are getting sent out to several different people um, who are who are then submitting for that that trailer. If you see what I mean, so there's so there's mm. there's going to be multiple copies the, of this in, film. In, in fact, that the, the, there is a the, there is a precedent for uh, Bond leaking yes, early as well. Yeah, uh, die another day, and there was that's um, never happened uh, before. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Never leaked all in my life. <laughs> the, 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 the people who got that leaked copy of Died Another Day must have been like, well, the effects clearly aren't finished in this. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say in 2006, as Casino Royale was, you know, coming out in the West, there there were stories about, uh, you know, pirated copies of it in China. That's, four, oh, yeah. that's 14 years ago. Think how much more sophisticated well, the pirates are now. Do you want mm. to go back a little bit further? Because the first Bond film that was pirated early was The Living Daylights. Yeah. When the work print, the work print of The Living Daylights was leaked on VHS bootlegs. Yeah. Um, and they had to issue that poster saying, you know, the only genuine way to watch this film is in the theater. Huh. Um, huh? And that was, uh, as to point, Joe, that was somebody bootlegged, you know, a print mm. by filming it with a VHS camera onto VHS and then duplicating it, yeah. which was a lot of work and easily you would have got caught, but they still managed it. So today, as yeah. to your point, I mean, every FX house has got this film. All the trailer publicity people have got a copy I of this mean, film. We're, we're in a yes, world right now where, where somebody, like if, even if they got a copy, but there was no score, like somebody- In, in a world without scores. And, uh, <laughs> somebody could sit down and uh, just like put in some Arnold score and make it work. And mm. before you know, we've all got a. see, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, that's, that's really my- deepest fear is that mm. but you know come november not only will it have gotten out but it's almost like like old news by now i mean and in a best case scenario too i mean we you know we kind of touched on it but i mean think of all the hype that's been built in the, i mean again we've gotten all the trailers posters uh the, we got the billy eilish song we had we had the young people all perking up and saying hey what's this oh it's oh they're doing the bond there's a bond movie well, that's going to be way old news in November. Mm. You know, Billy Eilish will probably put out more songs between now and, and November. Um, so, I mean, that, I feel like that's that's sort of like the given, like that part we're going to have to sort of deal with and try to get that hype up again. And plus, and, and again, even if they do all new marketing, well, that, that there's a budget for that and they've mm. already spent the budget. Mm. Uh, well, it's going to go, so they've, they've, they spend, they've probably spent 30 million on it and they're probably going to spend another 30 so yeah well well i mean i mean all the money they spent on that super bowl ad that's down the toilet yeah uh, four million dollars that's gone yeah yeah i mean that's what I, right i mean that's why i say i mean it's 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 at the end of the day it's a gamble and i feel like the more i sort of think about it and look at you know try to gauge the numbers it's really kind of a hail mary i mean they're they're banking on the idea that all of this expense all of these dangers is worth it because we're going to get that china market well I, I, at the end of the day, I hope so. I hope it was all worth it because, again, you've lost all this money in the in the interim by delaying, and that, and again, and that's that's a best case scenario. 
but that's, the, the that's worst, like but, I said, is but that's the assuming that, that but you're but you're talking about that as a financial gamble rather than a than a, a medical health gamble. I agreed. Yes, I mean, I am I am looking at this twofold. You do have the health issue that, again, I have my thoughts on that. And I'm not saying I'm right on it by any stretch. I could be dead wrong. And we might all, you know, in three more weeks, we might be saying, let's hope you're not dead. Thank God we didn't. (laughs) Yes. Right. I mean, so, so like I said, we, we might be looking at this in three weeks and saying, boy, thank God we didn't go to the premiere. You know, thank God we had enough sense to, to cancel it or that. And I shouldn't say we, they, I mean, they're the ones who made this decision ultimately. Um, but again, but the, the other part of it, the strictly financial argument, again, I, I have grave concerns that this could really be damaging. Um, we should probably note there's a YouTube channel um, called, I think, Midnight's Edge. It was one of these channels that went after Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy. And I mean, there were a number of them, but it was one of it was one of the prominent ones. And now they're putting out a video saying the real reason is had a bad test screening. I find that hard to believe based on one test screening. Um, but uh, that's well, if that there. was the case, why didn't they? Why didn't they delay Spectre? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I heard the same rumor. Uh, to be honest with you, I did think that's not a given everything. I mean, you know, one of the frustrations that I had when I first heard this was that, you know, I just kind of my brain immediately went to good Lord, these this they are so quick to it's almost like Eon just looks at that reschedule like a like a, like the reset button. You know, we have we have a problem. How are we going to fix this? Hit the reset button. Now we have time to do whatever we need to do. Uh, I mean, and I think this is probably had, I, you know, Bill, you probably can can comment on this, but I, I think it can, I, I can't recall any film that had this many very public changes uh, in the schedule of the release date. So when this happened, I kind of thought, good Lord, these people, they can't change the. It's like they don't want me to see this movie no matter how. <laughs> but um, I, so, I, I, you know, there was a part of me that was like, I, yeah, I don't know. Would, would you really be that quick to hit the. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of rambling, but honestly, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it. And and by the way, whether or not that is true, it, it's kind of not even there's no point even talking about it because I feel like in the next few weeks, if we see reshoots, then we will know that that was a factor. Mm. That's a very good point, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we'll know if there's pickups or reshoots anytime between now and November. We'll find out. Mm. But that doesn't sure. necessarily um, mean that, that it was it was due to a, a negative, um, you know, screening. That could just be that they've turned around and said, "Well, we've got a we've got a little bit of time on our hands. Let's get, let's see what we can do." <laughs> no, no, or they, they they brought in George Lucas as a as a um, consultant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You're not wrong though. I mean, reshoots happen no, all, all the time. <laughs> reshoots happen all the time for movies you know even before test screenings or something maybe execs maybe a scene doesn't work quite so well so it's not necessarily an indication even though i'm sure that the vast majority of press about any kind of reshoots will be you know sort of negative leaning but it is a possibility like yeah they might have shot a scene that they don't think is quite working well enough maybe they try it another way who knows almost all the media coverage of this film up until recently has had a negative angle on it yeah so Mm. You know, of course they're going to say, well, you know, it's because of this reason or that reason. Mm. Um, but um, to go back to the health thing, I just wanted, because I was positing like, how would we kind of 
create a metaphor to, to what the risk is. And um, I was talking to some people about it who called me, you know, concerned for my well-being on Wednesday, um, <laughs> saying, do you think even if there was a big outbreak and there was a huge risk, Bond fans would still go to the cinema against all advice? I was like, yeah, they would. Um, so I thought if you had a thousand seater cinema and one of the seats was wired up a la Thunderball to electrocute a member and you said, <laughs> you're a Bond fan, you can go and see the first screening of the film, but one of the chairs will be electrocuted out of a thousand. I bet you most Bond fans would take those odds. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, uh, this isn't the best comparison, but, you know, like auto racing is a pretty dangerous occupation. But none of those guys think they're going to be the one who gets killed. <laughs> it's a it's a surprise when they do you know, <laughs> that last right. moment of consciousness. But, uh, you know, it's like, well, and one of the one of the comments that I saw on social media this week really aggravated me. Someone said, oh, it's just the old and the sick. And, yeah, I saw oh, that too. Jesus and, and, Christ. And, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait until that's your mum or da- and mum and dad and uh, your brother or sister. It's, uh, it's as an, bullshit. As an old sick person, I can say I found that very offensive. And 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 my, <laughs> my reaction was: remind me not to have to share a foxhole with you, Captain Compassionate. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it did bring out. It did bring out. Um, a, a crisis brings out the best and the worst in people. I think we can all acknowledge. And I think some of the worst that I saw was, you know, open racism mm-hmm. to the reaction to this is, well, we're in America or the UK or wherever, or Australia. I don't care about the Asians. It was a real Oof. common comment on social media this week from Bond fans. There, there was, um, a, And there was a video circulating on Twitter. This wasn't about Bond fans per se, but it was like someone in a subway hassling an Asian guy. Um, and I guess it had sound. I, I didn't want to hear it. Um, but yeah, so, so it's like some poor guy of Asian descent, for all I know, he was born in this country, is getting hassled by someone on the New York subway about, you know, this is somehow his fault. And it's like, well, there's something, something happened uh, in the UK. A guy from Singapore got beaten up by a couple of uh, teenagers and that they were yelling at him that they didn't want his coronavirus. And, you know, there was no suggestion that he was positive or anything. It's just that he was, uh, he, 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 he was Asian. So uh, uh, that's uh, not a good look. No, and, and, of, and of course, by engaging in physical contact with him, even I was if he was, that, yeah. you know, it's like, um, guys. Yeah, I know, I know, I know that. <laughs> There's, there's real brains for you. I think you have the coronavirus. Let's wrestle around and froth and sweat on each other. <laughs> and, uh, and another bad moment on social media. I don't want to say too much about who did this, but somebody, somebody posted the variety write-up of the open letter on their Facebook page. And this is stupid, but I haven't read it. Like, maybe you should read the damn thing before you post it. Um <laughs> Sorry, I was just yeah a, a former a, a formerly prominent name in the fan community. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, actually, James and David, yeah. I did want to ask. Like, I mean, yeah. you, you joked obviously about you know death threats and and whatever, but I mean, it can't have been terribly pleasant for either of you. Sort of. No. Uh, I mean, even if fans like eventually come to sort of like 
agree or think, oh, you know, oh, yes, it was the best decision. Obviously, people, when they see it, are immediately going to be angry and annoyed and probably going to vent at you. Um, I mean, how's it? How's yeah. that been? To for for me, I haven't I haven't um, had anything really terrible. Um, hmm. I, I've I've had stuff like on social media, like people saying, "Oh, you must be so happy that it's been delayed." Well, of course, I'm not happy. Hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's a ridiculous thing to think that that I I want. I think it's the right thing. That isn't that that doesn't make me happy at all. No. Hmm. Um, but also, I, I've had quite a, quite a number of people contact me and say, "Well done." Hmm. So, uh, so, so that yeah. So to everybody who has reached out and uh, said, "Well done," or and also people actually uh, like Joe who who didn't agree with it, but uh, said, "You know, uh, take it easy on us." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, it, uh, thanks thanks for that because uh, I, I think we we knew that we were, were going to get. Um, some bad reaction from a certain um, uh, from a certain number of, of people. That, that mm. was inevitable because uh, you know, uh, and you know, and so, some of the comments have just been you know absurd. Like, uh, well, there was one guy who was saying he, the thing that he complained about was that in the letter it says it's just a film and he was ranting about that um, it's like mm. <laughs> come on oh yeah i remember that <laughs> i i will say this honestly i i felt like I, like i said i i give you guys props for for sticking your necks out but yeah i i mean i i felt like you guys just made yourselves the lightning rods by doing this you know i mean they were going to eventually make the same decision regardless i think i Maybe the letter had some impact, but yeah, honestly, well, we, like... we, we, we've got no idea if it made any impact yeah. at, at all. Yeah, and, well, uh, I, I, I'd say this: if if you are involved in anything to do with the decision making process of that film, I'm pretty sure between ten and twenty people you knew sent you that news mm, <laughs> on Monday true. and Tuesday because it was in every. So maybe it just brought it back forward. But the position, I know, David, I never talked to you about this part, but mm-hmm. the position I came from on Sunday night was. Will this tip the balance? Probably not. They've already probably made their decisions. But but what if we didn't do it and they didn't do it? We'd never know. But it's better to hold true to our conviction. It's better to hold true to our conviction. I think we we did touch on that on Friday when when we were chatting. So um, so – I, I, I did. I, I did really have that that idea that that's where you were coming from, and uh, yeah, and it was just even if it was even if it was like a a point naught one percent pushing the rock over the edge uh, right. to, to get it going, then um, uh, I I a hundred percent agreed with our position. I still do. So uh, I've got no regrets about doing it. And yeah, the and best thing, the best thing that comes out of all of this is the things contained. It's back under control, and April could have been okay. That's the best situation that we could be in. Um, mm. And in retrospect, it would be have been seen as an overreaction. My fear was that our mutual governments are doing underreaction, and mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't have been okay. And to be honest, pulling it later would have been even more damaging. Um, than doing it early. And the thing I come back to is uh, there are some of us that are in the arena, right? And for right or wrong, we're either going to get 
beaten up or plaudits, right? Um, most of the vociferous comments that were coming to us were from people who don't want to be in the arena. They just want to sit behind and throw peanuts at people. Mm. So, yeah, no, no, that's this Everybody who does this podcast is in the arena because they're willing to put yeah. their views out. Also, right? I, Whichever side you're on. Also, I was going to say, the fact that it got the reaction it did, that so many outlets picked up on it, Yes, I'm sure the Hollywood Reporter had a lot to do with that, but you know, it, it just demonstrated the thing. It was like a tripwire. This was out there, and it was it was still a catalyst for something. And you know, it. it I guess what I'm trying to say is the concern was out there, and essentially the open letter just kind of drew drew everything to it, and you know. May, you know, maybe there would have been something else. Maybe if somebody else had done something differently, you would have had the same reaction. But you were the guys who did it, and you did it when you did it. And I think that was a key. You know, I think both timing and content were just key issues in that. I, I firmly believe if this had been a Star Wars release window and a Star and the biggest Star Wars fan site had written an open letter to Disney, the same thing would have happened. Yeah. Probably worse. Same reaction. Probably <laughs> yeah. worse. Well, yeah, I think the the divisiveness would have been worse. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think the same chain of events would have happened. I don't think this mm. was unique because it was bombed at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I've been surprised about, just kind of like anecdotally, is um, the reaction that has been mostly negative has trended older. So the older fans seem to be more annoyed at us. Um, hmm. than the younger fans, um, which is strange because they're the ones that are most at risk if this all goes pear-shaped. Yeah, but, Joe. You know. Um, and the other thing, Calvin, you, you, Calvin, you beautifully pointed out on WhatsApp is the ones that have been most just on fire about it were also co- calling for the film to be boycotted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the irony. <laughs> you know, because of Lashana Lynch's casting, they didn't want to. They oh, didn't want anybody to see the film. So yeah. now, mm. now they're angry yeah. that it's okay. late. I'm not, not going to see it, but I'm. I want to not see it now. I can't <laughs> wait. And, and then to ask to answer an earlier question of yours, you asked me: Has any movie had this many release dates? Off the top of my head, I can think of some that had three, but four is kind of. I'm I'm not sure there. I mean, maybe there are, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Anyway, I I don't know if that was me that was asking that, but uh, that is a very good. good I think team. I, I threw that out yeah, there. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no, yeah, I don't. I mean, I just I give Joe I just credit find, for the question. Yeah. <laughs> I personally just find it amazing that it, that we've had so many actual release dates with this. And that's, again, that's why I wonder, like, were they just a little too quick to hit that button well, off, when the time came? Okay, one thing off the top of my head, but I still don't think it's for, was Batman v Superman, which was originally mm. going to be July 2015, but they realized they weren't going to have the special effects done in time. Mm. So they pushed it into uh, uh, 2016. And their first take on 2016 was... We're going to grab that first weekend in May, which has traditionally been the MCU's weekend in May. And then it, then Marvel said, we're having Captain America 3 on that weekend. We're going to go head to head with you guys. And then Warner Brothers said, OK, <laughs> you know, then they retreated to Easter weekend of 2016. But that's mm-hmm. only three. Um, um, 
and that was certainly a trouble troubled production but uh yeah but their, their their third retreat was actually to bring it forwards yeah exactly so yeah does that count and can, can, I, can i just talk about some uh numbers based on, on the italy data right because mm. this this is just to give an idea of how fast the situation changes with, with this virus okay two weeks ago today in Italy, there were a total of nine cases. Okay. Mm. Uh, this time last week, there were 888. Today, 4,636. And those are official cases as opposed these to. Are, th these are official cases. I get all my data from either the World Health Organization or the actual governments from right. there. Uh, Ministry of Health Science. And chances are there are people who have it, don't know it, uh, or their cases aren't yeah. as severe as the ones in the official cases. Yeah. So in, in the next, right, so that was, uh, that was 778 people caught it uh, since yesterday. So in the next few days, you can expect it to exceed 1,000 new cases per day. Uh, this time next week, it's going to be, it's likely to be 2,000 case, new cases per day. Mm. It gets out of control very, very quickly if, if you don't do anything about it. And the things that you can do about it is, is isolation and cutting back on travel as well as, this, you know, the, the, the advice on washing your hands, actually, even though it sounds pretty stupid, um, it seems to make a big difference because I saw in Hong Kong, they've they've noticed that because people are washing their hands far more than they used to, it's not just the coronavirus, which isn't getting spread. All infectious diseases ha have dropped. Hmm. So the silver lining out of all of this yeah. is people have yeah, yeah. So, woken yeah, up to and, personal and, health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ch China has showed it can be uh, contained. I mean, they, they took you know, massive, massive measures. But when they locked down Wuhan, there were 830 cases. Okay, there at the moment they have uh, eighty thousand five hundred and fifty-five. You know oh. that, that it's it's under control now, and so that they've got one hundred and twenty-five new cases a day. But they were running at you know two thousand six hundred new cases a day at one stage, and they did that through draconian measures. Because I saw this yes. video recently. You know the streets are deserted. Uh, there was a video of a guy who had he had made a makeshift. A pool table <laughs> in his kitchen and was using yeah. i forget some vegetable or fruit to <laughs> play billiards you know, with I, I i read one one guy uh in china he was so bored of being isolated on his own in his apartment that he ran a marathon yeah. around his dining table <laughs> <laughs> well and, the, uh, south, the, south, south korea has probably contained it as well they they don't have the same numbers but um they put they went on to maximum alert when they had 602 new cases and uh they're, they're currently at 6285 and it looks like they have it under control hmm. well this is it you have to you have to put these fairly draconian um, methods into into practice in order to kind of contain that exponential growth um, but I do think this is an important thing to talk about these numbers because as Joseph was saying before um, you, you know uh, he was saying that oh I don't I'm you know I don't know the, the exact numbers and I don't know whether this is all just going to blow over by you know whenever and sometimes these things 
you know, they don't, these things don't sort of just blow over by themselves. They have to kind of, it is these methods and these, and these, um, these, uh, these containment methods that, yeah. that stop then, this the, from the, happening. The, that's right. And the, the, there's, that's actually a, another very important thing about that, Ben, which is if you are very effective at containing early on, it will look like uh, there was no reason to do anything. Right, yeah, because you, you've, you've, you've contained it so effectively. Because that happened with the swine flu, which I think was H one N one was the yeah. official name. And, and then and, people say, "Oh, well, there was nothing to worry about anyway. Yeah. It's just it was just a hoax." And, right. and no, we were we were effective in stopping a, a pandemic. Right, because it was effective because a lot of people worked really hard to, to contain it and control it. Yeah, and uh, it yeah. would not have done. It would not have been if people had done nothing. You know. Also, I, I hesitate to go this far afield, but you know, we're, we are in an era where people we have people who oppose vaccinations on general principle. Mm. It's like, you know, we just about had measles licked and uh, oh, <laughs> measles are a thing again because people yeah. stop getting enough yeah. people stop getting vaccinations. You know, I know a lot of people think we're paranoid, but uh, I absolutely don't think we are. I think we're, we're being sensible and I, I think that the filmmakers are being sensible. Agreed. So what do we think we're going to see different in November to bring it back to Bond? Do we think we're going to get a brand new poster campaign, brand new trailers, completely different yeah, angle they, on the they, marketing? They, they must do something new. Mm. They must do something new. If we, if we haven't they, already they, seen they it by send, then. They, they can send a copy to Ben to, uh, to, to do the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll know the source of the league then, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> Wandering around I, in my slippers. Uh, I reckon it'll be a show for Limo and you've, you've got to go to Eon HQ. You've got to do it there and they suck your eyeballs out afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Certain, certain films make you sign all sorts of non-disclosures and other, other ones just turn up on a bike messenger and just go there you go um yeah, here you are yeah so it's you know yeah, do you, it's, do you want this back at the end everybody's gonna want to pirate it yeah i mean some some big studio films were, were literally like i'd say would you want do you want this back at the end of this when i've done this and like nah <laughs> so like, oh okay I'll, I'll just keep it in my drawer then <laughs> to give you another real to give you another real world example when the uh, i worked tangentially on the first spider-man dvd we talked about that before like you know the very first one um the studio brought the film to be mastered uh, on the DVD by digitizing it in-house, and then they brought every frame individually on a CD-ROM. This is way back when, um, by armed security car Oof. to the studio. What happened when the CD-ROMs uh, got opened is they copied them onto the network drive, and then everybody in, in the post community in London had access to the film. So <laughs> security is uh, different for everybody, I guess. And to Joe's point, I think there's a really good chance that eight months, seven months is a long time for a yeah. lot of thumb drives and hard drives to be kicking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure somebody out there will see a money-making opportunity to leak this film. Um, um, I have a facetious I, I, thought, which was, uh, can they do another trailer and not use any any uh, unused Anna Diarmas footage because we know she has a small role and it's like you know it's like with all these spots it's like is there any footage of her left that's yeah that's a- you, you know I, I I was thinking the other day actually by the time November at the at the rate her star is rising it's just gonna be Anna Diarmas in No Time to Die with Daniel Craig and it's uh, it's a possibility 
I mean, it's it's interesting. I think this for for every kind of um, negative connotation about the delay, you can also say, yeah, we will get to we will get another run of posters. Um, mm. Think about think about those um, the posters that we currently own uh, now now have an uh, extra intrinsic value to them because of the the release date on them. I panic um, bought a couple. They can do something with that poster competition, can't they? Oh, that was that was due, that was due to come out in two weeks. So, well, well, and also, you know, uh, yeah, but, but they, they they've, they've they've got a they've got a whole wealth of posters there that they can now run out one a month for the next seven months. <laughs> also, also, what are the odds that like some extra suddenly becomes a star? I'm not talking about Armas. I'm just talking about just it's like all of a sudden by November they're like, oh, we got to like work him into the publicity campaign. But he's only <laughs> like, two shots. Like, is it like Ger- Gerard Butler on the submarine into? Tomorrow never dies. Yeah, or, like or, or, or Bruce Willis as a as a juror in this one legal drama from the early eighties. He's like, <laughs> as long as he doesn't sing, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think will be interesting, and, and I, you know, I, I, I'm there's a there's like the devil on my shoulder saying just don't say it, but I feel like we're sort of living in when November comes, we're going to have two extremes. And I sort of feel like there, there might not be much in between. It's almost like either either it goes well or it goes terrible. There's no sort of like mid middle of the road. But I feel like on, on one extreme, I feel like November could come and everything could go perfectly. And we could have like a new batch of posters and a new batch of trailers and a whole new marketing campaign. And we might be so thrilled. Right. You know, that, that, oh, this is, I mean, we, and, and the new venues will happen around the, the premieres, the new parties, and people are going to say, well, now that I w- was able to do it all over again, I was able to do it differently, you know, how I would have done it. All the things I wish I did, now I can do it. And everything could be absolutely wonderful. And I feel like on the other extreme, four months, five months, I'm going to keep getting these calls. Hey, I got copies. Do you want to see it? No, I don't want to watch it. No, no, I don't want to see it. Every, more time goes by. Everybody's seen it already. There's no point. In w- Fine. And somewhere we just, I sit with somebody, we watch it on a TV and it's like, that's it. And then, then it's the end of the, like, okay, that was, that was no time to die. And, and again, like I said, in my thing, you know, we, we look back and there's the revenues of the films and way at the bottom is no time to die with the asterisk saying, well, well, here's why this is down here. It's not simply because nobody saw it, et cetera. So, so that begs an interesting question, John, something I hadn't thought about until you just said the box office revenues. Um, say a pirated copy becomes widely available. It will spread overnight, right? On torrent websites and stuff. It'll be everywhere. Yeah. It, do they push the button and just do digital release to get some money at that point. I, I honestly, yeah, I think, I think that's exactly what might happen is if, if it comes down to it and if they hear that it's, it's spreading, they might just call Amazon and say, okay, all right, here you go. We're putting it on Amazon. Here's what we want you to charge, et cetera. In fact, actually, I mean, I honestly said to myself, maybe what they could have done in China was to do pay-per-views. And say, all right, well, here's the release date in China. Yeah, we know you're still stuck at home. Yeah, there's a paper or whatever. The problem but with yeah, that, Joe, is the, uh, the, the second a digital copy is available in China, goodbye revenues. Um, but but you're already doing damage yeah. control. This is, I mean, this is yeah. a salvage operation at this point to try to, yeah. you know, do the best you can with what you got now. So yeah, I mean, if it starts to leak, yeah, I think you're, you're it's going to be on Amazon streaming, etc. They could do a double feature with the rhythm section. <laughs> God, too soon, Bill. Christ. Yeah. Too soon. 
Um, but I, I, I do think that's a risk that if it gets widely pirated, they might just go straight to um, straight to re- digital release just to recoup some money. Because at that point, if the if the premiere is still like three months out and it's been nick- knocking around pirated, it's you know. And the the other part of it is the Bond fans only make up a very small percentage of the box office, like the hardcore people like we are. Um, it's the general public that makes the box office. Mm. And, you know, to Mark's point, there is no such thing as a general audience, but the average man in the street might walk past the posters at the cinema in November and say, isn't that already out? Mm. I said the same thing. If you see another marketing blitz come up in November, your average moviegoer, like you said, who's not a fan is going to be like, oh, I thought that was out back in March. I guess this is the Blu-ray release. Um, here's here's one more thought um, about, and that would be about MGM, because according to that Hollywood Reporter story that talked about the financial calculation, taking a financial hit of thirty to fifty million now versus you know three hundred million if you went ahead with the April release. It said that MGM fully funded the movie. Now that's the first reference I've seen to that. No, that implies Fully funded with loans. You're right, but but being, but you know, but not splitting it with Universal or that sort of thing. In other words, that implies you know Universal's relationship is much more of a kind of a vendor as opposed and a publicity to and a publicity marketing. I, the, when they said fully funded, they were talking about the production budget, not publicity mm, marketing. Right. That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, as, as yeah. opposed to with MGM and Sony, where they split the uh, production budget uh, of those. Of um, yes, Skyfall and Craig Spectre. Is, yeah. So yeah. Um, MGM has a lot riding on this, and uh, and as we have talked about before, they're one of the weakest of the Hollywood studios, such as they are. And um, they they also have a habit of coming back from the death. Yes. So here's, um, any- here's a here's an unpopular question. Just before uh, I guess we we wrap up or whatever, but um, it's. Let's just say potentially that this um, fails at the box office for any number of the, the reasons that uh, we've we've highlighted so far, um, and becomes another kind of a heaven's gate. Um, considering that also this is um, the end of uh, Craig's tenure, and um, people are getting a little long in the tooth uh, in the production offices, etc. Could this spell the end of Bond, and where would we see it going if it didn't? Since I'm since I'm already the doom and gloom guy today, I'm, <laughs> I'll jump in and just say, yeah, that's that's sort of hand in hand with my worst fears. Is that um, you guys might know, like Star Trek Four, the J.J. Uh, right. Abrams series. I mean, it's basically they're not doing one, and it's basically because the last one tanked so hard uh, that they can't seem to afford. Seriously, Siri. Um, <laughs> basically, the the last one. Sorry, the last one lost so much money that nobody wants to invest in it, etc. So, and they can't afford the salary. So, it's basically on hold indefinitely, and it's probably never going to happen. What happens if this movie tanks to the point where, literally, like it gets leaked? It's all over the place. They can't kind of scramble to figure out well how to fix the problem. I mean, November comes along, and they're saying, "Well, why would we even do a premiere? Everybody's already seen it." Uh, yeah, what's the future of James Bond at that point? How how valuable of a property is it? Do, does the does the does the property have debt at this point because of this? Just giant. I mean, this is this is this is a potential iceberg basically. Mm. 
So I, I don't know what happens after that. I think that the brand will continue to exist regardless of how this particular film does. I think even if this one were to bomb, I think you would still find people willing to put up the money for a new incarnation with someone new in the lead, a fresh slate. And even if that doesn't become a theatrically released film, it would still go. James Bond would continue to exist in some form of media, maybe a streaming TV show. I don't know. Uh, but I think it's it, it is too big a brand in the public consciousness to just go away. I mean, King Kong comes back every like few decades, every now and then, and you know. Mm. Yeah, but but when you have so many legal entanglements at that point, that you have actual debt that nobody's willing to. You know, like you'd have to spend ten dollars to make one dollar. Mm. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, it's, I mean, I'm a layperson, but MGM is owned by a bunch of hedge funds, and I think what they are hoping, what they are still hoping, is that you know this will be a big hit and we can sell high. I mean, they've already held on to MGM for ten years, which is a lot longer than hedge funds typically do. Um, if it's if it flops and I want to be clear. I'm not making that prediction. Um, I think they they end up selling and they don't get to sell high. They they, get, they just try and get their money back, and then at that point, whoever buys it, then they now confront the structural things about trying to work with the broccoli Wilson mm. family and all that. Um, I mean, I've said before. I I think on the first podcast we uh, did this year, I said you know at some point. I don't think the status quo is going to hold anyway, and I'm thinking mostly of MGM. And I, I think a, a flop of No Time to Die hastens, you know, some change that's going to happen at some point, relatively soon. But you know, what do yeah. I know? I mean, just 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 to recap: so Eon, uh, sorry, Dan Jack uh, own half the rights to the film franchise. MGM owns the other half. Um, you know, Dan Jack runs Eon. Right. So, but if MGM have fully financed this film through their banks, then Eon and Danjack really have limited financial exposure to this collapsing, but they're just not going to make much profits off it. Right. So they're kind of protected. It's the MGM half of the equation that's at risk. And if this film does not perform at the box office for the multitude of reasons we've talked about in November, um, they become a real target for hostile takeover basically and somebody else with deep pockets can can pick up that entity and get half the rights to the james bond franchise mm, um, so either way to your point bill i mean mgm's been the the people that own it have been looking to sell it anyway they've been actively trying to sell it this in the past year with meetings with you know big properties that were reported on um through you know brokers and stuff so who knows? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing some people in that group probably regret not taking the money earlier <laughs> yeah. at this point. And, 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 to Cal- certain, yeah. and to Calvin's point, yeah, I think the brand will continue. The uh, how, how quickly it, you know, how quickly the next adventure installment comes out is sort of up in the air. But uh, I think the brand continues. And to go back to Barbara Broccoli quote in the Hollywood Reporter interview she did some months ago, I think it was the Hollywood Reporter when she said audience will dictate how we release these movies in the future. Yes. Um, that that might come around quicker. Mm. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Right. And in fact, you could argue that it did this time. So. What a happy wow. note to end on. Happy anniversary, everybody. 
<laughs> Happy anniversary, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, isn't there you're, a you're, cake? Wel- you're welcome for ruining your day, sorry. <laughs> well, there isn't a cake, but I did find a very special song to play out on. Oh, we you know, can't which wait. Is, which has become a thing for us, hasn't it? So I noticed a few other podcasts around the um, different franchises start to do this too. Now. Um, David, what's your most common drink you have with us um, when we're recording? I very often have rum and coke. Yeah, so I found a song about a girl who likes to share her rum and coke, but she's not going to be a Bond girl. So I thought of you, David, when I heard it, and I think that's a suitable <laughs> one to play out on tonight. So um, I would like to thank everybody on today, especially considering the circumstances, and um, for sticking their heads above the parapet and being associated with us once again. And also um, our absent friends like Dr. Lisa Funnel, Phil Nabil Jr., AJ Chowdhury, um, and those guys that join us, uh, and Mark O'Connell, who join us frequently but couldn't be here tonight. Um, thank you very much for being with us and sticking with us and um we got another seven months to fill now so we can go and do those two parts of those series that we talked about like going back to the bond books for new movies and musical changes and all sorts of other things we started to discuss so well it's, it's been great to to do this last year uh i've really enjoyed being part of it it's uh yeah it's uh, it's fun to do. Um, a lot of people like it. Uh, I guess a lot of. I guess some people hate us, but that's fine too. Uh, and we got dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> yeah, we do. No, it's, no. It, it's, it, it's, it's what makes the it's what makes the the whole podcast experience uh, so so wondrous. Yeah, we started with puppies and we ended with dogs on our first year. How <laughs> Guys, I, happy anniversary. I, I've said it from the beginning. This has been literally one of my, before I was invited to be one of the friends, uh, this was my one of my favorite Bond podcasts of all time, pretty much right out of the gate. Uh, the, the format and everything is great, and the talent that's that's here every every week is spectacular. So it's it's been my favorite. It'll continue to be my favorite. So Keep doing what you're doing, guys. And and if and if somebody doesn't doesn't not like you, you're not doing it right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can only reiterate all of that, I suppose. Um, but just to say that it's been yeah, it's been lovely to have this podcast an excuse to meet and chat with so many of you guys. And I feel like I learn so much. Like every time I'm on one of these records, um, it's a great laugh. So I yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that too. I've I've loved being a part of it and. Um, Thank you for thank you for having me on. Yeah, and uh, thanks for putting up with me. So just leave it at that. <laughs> and, and is it those, Michael? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, and um, you know, let's make some lemonade over the next seven months. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Have some fun yeah. Shaking right. not All stirred. Right. <laughs> All right, farewell, <laughs> chaps, and we'll catch you again next week. Cheers. Bye. 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 You want a damsel undressed? Some um candy with a checkered past. I don't need your baby. I just want a good time.
Just want a good time I don't need your back